Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thumbnail faces. Thumbnail faces! All right, I've got an empty can of Dr. Pepper here. What if I'm like... <laughs> Uh, let me just make sure my microphone's recording all good. Test. You can hear me, all right? Eh? Yeah. So. You tell me when you've got the thumbnail. Yeah, I've done it. All right. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Meeting of the Elders a on brand the Cop Podcast. Never a before brand... heard. You've never... never heard it. I've never, I've never heard, heard it. it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a special show we do once a month here on the Cop Popture Podcast, where if you are on our Cult Elders tier over at patreon.com slash um, you can uh, join up and tell us your thoughts on the previous three episodes of the podcast. You can either do it in written form or send in some voice messages. And we have got both to get through <gasps> today, Richard, as we reflect on what our community thinks Ooh. of the Barbershop franchise, the Superhero Fatigue Quiz, and the Adams Family franchise. Those... Those are the subjects of today's reflective discussion. These I'm are excited. the board on which we put our playing characters, and then we these little pawns move around the board. Mm. This is the canvas with, with which, which we Jackson Pollock. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, AJ. Yeah, how's up, how's man? your week been? You know, let's yeah have a little bit of preamble uh, before we get to the the topics. I got I got drunk last night for the first time in probably a year. Wow, how was that? Um, horrible. I remembered why I don't drink anymore. Nice. Um, why I not? I was at at my friend's house and I'd had quite a few drinks, and then I just put, very politely said to them, "Hey, I think I need to throw up." And I very politely excused myself, went to the bathroom where I, no one was there, but still very politely, I made myself throw up into the toilet. What were you drinking? Uh, I drank three rum and Cokes. Then I had this crazy cocktail from this new bar in Christchurch. Then I had two, like, those cans of, like, gin and cranberry or something like right. that. And between you me and, and, the, and the community, I smoked a, a little bit of marijuana as well. And but that's not legal the, in New Zealand. How could you have done oh, that? I, be, I was just kidding. I was just okay, kidding. Right. Um, but the concoction made me feel mighty bad, and uh, I was not there for it, as the kids on TikTok say. <laughs> well, I... I thought this could be a fun place to tell a story that I've been holding on to for the week. I remember 
earlier in the year or sometime last year, I came to the podcast a bunch of times with updates on mine and Craig's adventures at pub quiz and all the weird rules that this place that we used to frequent uh, had and made it just a unpleasant night, but we kept on winning or coming second, which meant that we then had a voucher we had to spend at the same place. So we kept going back. Eventually we came third and we were broken free from the curse, but I now have (laughs) another regular pub quiz that I do. And this one is like a Tuesday night, used to do it regularly after work. And now it's the the only time that I see these people because I don't work with them anymore. But we've kept it up as this regular thing on Tuesday nights. The quiz that we did, the, the weird thing at this quiz, though, is they only give a prize for first prize. They don't like first place is the only thing that gets a prize. And it's $100 bar tab, though, so it's like a pretty good deal. And every now and then they do like series of so the highest score over like five or eight weeks when all tallied together wins 500 bucks and as well as the the, you know if you win each individual week you get blah blah blah. so my team goes by the name pub jizz because you know how everyone's always like quiz on my face quiz in my pants and they replace the word jizz with quiz when we first went, I was like, well, it'd be funny if we did the other way around. And we were mm. like, what's an expression that uses the word quiz? Pub quiz was the first one I could think of. And so we go by pub jizz. And we do, we generally do pretty well. And it's this funny thing where it's like, I know everyone at that bar hates us because we have the stupidest names. Yeah. And then we call, we call pub jizz. And then we also win with like you know there's like three or four teams that winning is shared around kind of thing Mm -hmm. and we're one of them and so just this week they finished up an eight-week series and we came second on the first week this was two months ago came second on the first week and then we won the next three and after we won like two of those we were like fuck we have to come all eight weeks now and i'm the only constant throughout every single one of these eight weeks because they they decided long ago that if i wasn't available they just wouldn't do it because they rely on me for like the movie rounds and things like that and so we we were doing very well we were at the top of the leaderboard for a long time and then just like two three weeks ago one team just randomly beat us by like 15 points somehow like we came second and then they just they just got like so far ahead so then it became like between us two for the top and this team that came up from behind, I think you used to only have like a few people in them, but now has like 20 people on the team. And our what? team averages between like minimum four, maximum six or seven. Um, Surely just depending you can't on who's have available. A 20 person team. But so they have like place. half the bar on this team. And so last week, which is the second to last week, the um the guy who runs the pub quiz has been asked now by like the people that organize the quiz to run it off this app. And so he like has to enter all the scores into the app and everything. And then at like nine o'clock on a Tuesday night, the app went down for the whole country. So <laughs> he couldn't give out the scores of who won. But it was clearly like gonna be between us and this team of like 20 people. And one of them came up to me and I and I had in front of me the tallied scores. And by my calculations, we'd had a, we got 100 points. And then he was like, he came over and he's like, 
were you guys counting your score? And I was like, yeah, as I grabbed the piece of paper off the table, he's like, what'd you guys get? He's like, we reckon we got 106. And I was like, oh, 107. And he was like, no, no, seriously. And I was like, 100,000. And he was like, <laughs> I don't think you know how the quiz works. And I said, I guess we'll find out next week, won't we? And turns, and then it's funny because I was like, fuck, these guys must hate me. But then we actually beat them. Like we got 100 and they, only, they got 100 and we got like 103. Right. So now there was like one point in it going into the last round. Over the whole series, it was only one point difference. So mm-hmm. it all came down to the one this week. And for those that don't know how these quizzes work or like might be different in other places, you have like eight rounds. And then the middle of that is what they call the list, which is where you get a question that has maybe... 15 20 correct possible correct answers and you have to write as many correct ones as you can without writing an incorrect one so if you write three correct one like nine correct ones but your third one is wrong you only get two points and this week actually it was any actor to have played batman or superman in an official production and so it was like literally just as quickly as i could write (laughs) <laughs> we got 10 out of 10 very easily as quickly as you could write very obvious answers yeah 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 i i had a pub quiz i was frequenting and i skipped the week that the list was jim carrey roles and oh, yeah. and my team were like we didn't we didn't do very well and i was like jesus christ you couldn't ask me an easier question like yeah. not even just jim carrey just any like you know A-list any roles actor. just film roles any- <laughs> yeah <laughs> the list is just film characters yeah yeah. and you're like oh peter griffin it's like he's actually from tv aj but the <laughs> there's a running joke in my team that like i'm so ready for it to be american idol winners because i know the first 10 in order and no more than that but anyway so it gets down to a we do pretty well but this team that's like double or triple our size at least uh beats us and they came over at the end, like, oh, so they did the, like, stand up and, like, thank the client, like, thank the teacher thing. Be like, oh, hey, thank you so much for, like, running the quiz. And it's like, they're just these, like, like, I don't like this team as people, even though they're, mm. like, and they're beating us. But they, there's also, in addition to the list, there's this thing called the Ponderous Puzzle, which is, like, the answer will be, like, the radio. And so... At the end of the first round, you get a question that's like, oh, you know, I, 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 I was invented a long time ago. And you get like very broad, uh, question, uh, like, um, clues to it. And then each round you get easier ones. And so this one last week, the answer was Wuthering Heights. And part of it in the first round was like, oh, it's the name of a, a Danish Swedish metal band. And, Someone from this team, in the middle of coming up with a pond, like at the end of the first round, went to the toilet and I passed him in the toilet and I and I was like joking because he came up to me before the quiz. I was like, oh, may the best man win and all this shit. And I was, as he was walking into the stall, I was jokingly going to say, don't look up the answer while you're in there. But then I was like, ah, oh, no, I, I don't want to have an interaction with someone in the bathroom. And then he came out of the bathroom as his team member was like walking the the answer up and i and he pulled him aside and was like no no it's it's no I, I it's definitely wuthering heights i know like and then and the guy was like are you sure and he was like yeah yeah i'm sure and so they walked back to the table changed the answer to wuthering heights and handed it back in and two people got it right on the first round and when they announced oh this team got it and one of the teams are like well how did how did how did another team get it and it's like well maybe they cheated as well and then 
at the end of it, we came sick and we got a $300 voucher. And the guys from the team came up to us and were like, oh, you know, like, good job, guys. Like, it's been it's been a while since we've had to fight that hard for the win and all this stuff. And I was like, and I shook the hand and I said, and I said you know, it's fine. I'm happy with the moral victory because, and they sort of like laughed, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, because we didn't have to cheat and look up the answers. And he was like, no, 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 I know the Wuthering Heights. Like, no, no, I know the band. I didn't even say what part I was accusing him of cheating on. And then I was like, well, no, look, I saw what I saw. You went to the toilet, didn't know. You came back very sure of the answer. And they were just like, okay, dude, believe whatever you want to believe and like stormed off. And it's like, I've made an enemy. Like these these people. This is what I was gonna say, me. man. I I don't interact with anyone in my life the way you're interacting with these this So this is the thing, and because when it was happening, I was thinking I need to tell AJ about this because like you would hate to be with me while this was happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know as well that it's like I I mean, I I'm I'm in the right. Like to to me, I'm the underdog. But to them, God, I must be like the biggest fuck what they've ever met <laughs> mm-hmm. but also like they were cheating and you know they got called well, out maybe he just had a, a poop epiphany we don't know yeah but the it fact sounds, that as soon as i as like soon as i cheating. brought up cheating they were like no 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 we knew the answer to that question it's like, <laughs> you, i knew you you're cheating i i think that the the um the whole fairness of it stopped when they became a 20 person team. I've been, you've been talking for 15 minutes nearly. And this whole time I have been listening, but predominantly I've been thinking to myself, 20 people and no one's flagging this. No one's going, this isn't exactly fair, even though it's like in every way you could count it, it gives, it gives that team like an incredible advantage. I will say I'm probably exaggerating, but I'm exaggerating like, it's at least 12, I would say, which is still insane oh for a pub quiz team. Um, wow. Well, thank you for telling us another another adventure of how Richard was morally right, but still kind of a dick about something. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that people enjoyed that story. As I was, I got halfway through telling it and I was like, this is boring. That's not boring. I was, bo- I was very- boring myself. It was very long when I when off pod we opened with all right let's stick let's make sure this is under an hour. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't want to make it too far under an hour. Right, nice. Well, let's see I'll how just we cut go. Out that story in the edit. No, just it's good. It's good stuff. I promise. No, I was I was enthralled. I was enthralled. I just was also aware that we've got a we've got a bunch of correspondence to get through. Mm. Should we get on with it? Alrighty, so um, our first message is about Barbershop, and this comes from Cheese on the Discord, who says, Barbershop, great ep, looking forward for when you get to the Friday franchise, the Friday trilogy, Friday next Friday, Friday after next, I think. Great titles. Um, It's currently, yeah, great titles, currently in contention for our Christmas Film franchise Fortnite's um, next Fortnite. I don't think it's winning, but if you guys are patrons and you want to control what we watch, the poll is currently live for our next franchise after Ted. Uh, and could that be Friday with your help? Could that be Friday? Mm-hmm. Um, Cheese goes on to Adam's family and says, I saw these two movies probably when they came out as a kid and loved them. You two articulated why I was always confused about the first one's Fester plot and never made any sense to me, but the character 
characters are always so funny and enjoyable. Every scene makes me laugh. The play where the kids spurt blood all over the audience is fantastic. The big song and dance with Festa and Gomez at the party is great. I totally forgot to talk about that on the episode. <laughs> um, I love seeing Gomez losing his mind in the hotel and Morticia talking to the unemployment person. Yeah, this is all great fodder that I'm surprised most of the movie wasn't like mm. exploiting you know um when gomez calls into the tv show it's so funny yeah yeah because he calls into like a daytime talk show and he, and he like calls the guy by his first name and the guy on the tv is like gomez you can't keep calling him yeah <laughs> um, uh also did you notice the little blonde girl at the lemonade stand is the same actor and maybe character as the popular one in the at the camp and family values i like the plot of family values but some of the jokes in the first one are the best i didn't didn't pick up on that i wonder if that's intended or intentional in any way to be the or same if it's just like it's, the set designer's daughter or something like that yeah yeah but it's a big expansion of role and it's not mm. um it's not a character that couldn't be both of those characters mm. as well you know finally cheese says on superhero fatigue definitely feeling it along with star wars fatigue didn't see quantumania secret invasion boba fett ahsoka the marvels etc i'll tune into the interesting ones loki and or but i don't uh, feel the need to try keep up and it just feels so samey and fan servicey yeah and i agree uh, yeah star wars fatigue we didn't really touch on so much but i mean yeah star wars has been an interesting franchise to watch because it was this once in a decade event you know that was like the most mm. important thing to to hit movie screens and yeah. now it's like oh did you see that did you see the obi-wan ewan mcgregor returning as obi-wan series that people clamored for for 20 years oh yeah i caught some of it I, what didn't seem very interesting I watched it. It sucked. It was yeah. so bad. It was so bad. And it did that thing, which I think needs to be given a name. It needs to be made a piece of terminology, which is when a movie or show references like a meme from the fan base in the canon. Because at the end of the Obi-Wan show, he walks up to a an eight-year-old Luke Skywalker, which also guys why the fuck are these characters meeting in the interim between you know mm. like anyway i'll get to that in a second and he goes hello there and it's like oh yeah because 21 year olds think obi-wan saying hello there is funny and well, it's, it's not even supposed to be funny in the show it's just a, it's supposed to be like a sincere moment but like in defense of that i get that hello there is like the meme but it's not like a thing he says once and everyone's like <laughs> it's like actually kind of his catchphrase like he says it he says it in a new hope Mm. i was so disappointed with that show and i think i'm so here's my this is my i'm the the david against the 20 person quiz goliath mm. in that i think i'm so clearly in the right for thinking it's a bad idea to have obi-wan and darth vader interact between revenge of the sith and a new hope that to me is crystal clear that mm. when they see each other in a new hope that is the first time they've seen each other since the battle of mustafar right and now it is not now it is not the first time they've seen each other because they saw each other randomly like mm. 20 years or it will be eight years after <laughs> revenge of the sith i guess um and like it's, it's and they have a have you seen you so you've seen bits of it they have no, another no I, I was i was playing a character i haven't seen it right yet. they have another battle at the end in the like the last episode and there's a bit that everyone thought was really cool where darth vader's helmet gets busted and you can see like 
Hayden Christensen's mm. eye peeking out, which I thought was kind of cool, and then found out this has apparently happened in the animated shows like dozens of times. Like <laughs> um, and, and they fight again and whatever, but it's like there's two things about this that pissed me off, right? I, have I been able to talk about this on any platform yet? Because this feels weird that I'm going on this tirade for the first time on pod. Maybe it's not. But <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a problem for two reasons. One, is this ba- better than the Battle of Mustafar at the end of Revenge of the Sith? A movie I don't like. And mm. no, it is not better than that. That one, it just has obviously a lot more gravitas, a lot more work put into You're it. my brother, the, Anakin. Yeah, beautiful stuff. You beautiful stuff but also it puts this weird moral conundrum in the middle of star wars where obi-wan essentially defeats darth vader but then chooses not to kill him and it's like okay well you've just doomed you've 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 enabled genocide then uh Hmm. obi-wan kenobi by not killing darth vader when you had the chance anyway anyway that's my star wars fatigue that was where i was like all right this is Hmm. starting to I really wanted this and now I don't want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Star Wars fatigue is like, I, Exhausting. <laughs> I can't even imagine, uh, like, I don't think there's a Star Wars project that could legitimately make me like excited. The closest I guess would be like the Ardman episode of the visions, which I watched yeah, yeah. and was fine. It's just, it's cute seeing Ardman animation and the, the little robot from, a grand day out is in the background of a shot, but it's like, yeah, I, it, I mean, it would have to be you're based watching, on the creative. You're not watching that team. for Star Wars. You're watching that for art. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I, if there was a creative team allowed to play in the sandbox that, but then even then it's like, same with Marvel that the, it's like, they don't yeah. get to actually have. And also like the other thing with Star Wars is it's like, you can announce whoever being a part of it. And it's like, well, probably won't come out. <laughs> the 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 bedrock is burnt i think mm. like the 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 soil is is what's it called like the soil is corrupt in star wars mm. now yeah you know? it's you can't grow anything on that land barren barren yeah no i t- i totally agree i think it's it doesn't matter i guess i i'll watch andor season two but andor season one is like so stupidly good that i kind of part of me wishes it didn't exist so that i could have this neat little so you could be like star everything wars is bad you know yeah, but but Andor was like probably the best show I've watched this year. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so good. <laughs> yeah, I watched a few. I want to be free of it. I want to be free of Andor. <laughs> um, Pre uh, went mm-hmm. on to that's someone's name. Went on to uh, continue about the superhero fatigue thing, saying I believe AJ touched on this same point, but mm. it's a shame that the poor quality and oversaturation is occurring at the same time as these properties have trended towards being more diverse in race slash background slash gender slash orientation, etc. Plenty of people will, will wrongly point to the wokeness being the reason they've gone downhill. I hope the studio heads who often take the wrong message from what's successful or fails don't take the wrong message here and cut back on the diversity and the characters' story told, stories told and creatives involved in the entire process. Interesting timing with this because Bob Iger, yeah. just in the last couple of days, made a few comments, but one talking about how Disney has been focusing on the wrong things, uh, you know, and, and going forward, we'll focus on making entertaining stories first and not pushing an agenda, essentially, uh, not having messages, is what he said. Yes, but then that's also, right. I was reading an oh article my about God, this the, is such an ominous side of things to come. But it's also like Disney's been very like, 
I I would argue there've been like two apolitical <laughs> recently. Yeah. But the the thing is that yeah, the, the, I was also reading an article about how Disney and Marvel has weirdly like thrown Nia Da Costa under the bus for the mm. uh, underperforming of the Marvels, and. Yeah, like there was things like uh, Bob Iger has said there weren't enough cooks in the kitchen essentially and that they needed more oversight on set, which is like pretty much explicitly saying like, I think this is her fault and we could have fixed it. There was like all these leaks coming out about like, oh, she was doing post-production remotely because she went off like, oh, I I just think it's pretty weird. She went off to do another film, but it's like, that's pretty standard. Steven Spielberg made the entirety of the post during the post-production of ready player one and that's why it's called the post yeah exactly and um the, yeah, the we're other in thing post-production that, that, so i'm about to go into the post-production <laughs> pre-post-production but yeah, the, uh, now now we've filmed it so now we're in the post-post-production <laughs> but the and the other thing was as well that it's like oh she wasn't even at the the cast and crew screening because she's like abandoned the film and then she was like i wasn't invited and it, they they had the screening on my birthday, and and I was celebrating my birthday what at the, the time. Fuck, and, that's so weird. But it's interesting because it's like if if the Marvels had uh, opened really strong and then fallen off, mm. that's one thing you can be like, well, obviously the film wasn't good then. Like that, that's more of a mark of the film's quality, but it opened so low that it's like, well, that is a branding issue. That is a marketing issue, which mm. falls under your mm. uh, oeuvre, Bob Iger and, and Marvel, that it's like, yeah, a, a film having a bad opening is not the fault of the director. And also like it, when, because the, the strike lifted ju- like as the film came out. So I was like, Nia DaCosta was doing all she could. Like she did the entirety of the press for the movie. And yeah, it's, it's just a very strange thing. I don't think we'll see her returning anytime no. soon. I would also say as well, like, yeah, I'm very concerned with these Bob Iger comments because mm. for a long time it felt like the the left or the progressive way of thinking in the world we had this little victory that like even mainstream blockbusters kind of got what what is okay to to say you know like they they weren't doing a very good job but they were on our team i guess basically <laughs> yeah. what it felt like but with comments like this it makes me think like the last let's say seven years have felt like um there there was a shift toward like progressive thinking being the dominant and acceptable way of speaking and and thinking and and especially treating movies and and art and even then it wasn't good enough you know even in the last seven years we've had some abysmal things happen in the face of progressiveness but it's still been like general public opinion has has recognized what's good and what's bad but i don't know man i feel like yeah with the the governments across the world new zealand's one specifically but i don't know if the other countries are doing much better either Mm. like are we did was this the left's time in the in the sun was post me too are we going to look back in 20 to 30 years and think that this was you know 2017 to 2024 was the year the the closest we got to a progressive society or, and then we regressed again or is it that you know this is it's only this was just the beginning of of the woke agenda 
Pre did also continue that thought, uh, saying there's also a separate discussion to be had on poorly implemented diversity diversity pandering versus actual diversity in the creative process and storytelling but i'm not the one with the experience or insight to meaningfully contribute to it my only point on it would be that the former while pretty bad could potentially lead to more of the latter down the line well that's what i've always said like i at least in the beginning i was willing to forgive what the edge lords would call uh virtue signaling because mm. it's like like, oh yeah, this this model in this um, deodorant commercial has armpit hair and they make a point of it. Yeah, maybe that is virtue signaling, but that is also affecting a beauty standard. And mm. I would like it if the beauty standard in the future was that, in this case, women weren't obligated to shave their armpits to look beautiful, you know? Because they do like some hearing. Love them hearing, mate. Yeah! <laughs> no, um... So, it's still like for you. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that as I said it. Well, you said it. You stitched yeah. me up there. Um, but the yeah, and so but then then so I was of this camp where it was like stop complaining about virtue signaling because it's going to lead to it not being virtue signaling, mm. right? But then you have examples of like the lesbian kiss in rise of skywalker that that, appears on screen for a for half a second or even even slightly more generous stuff like the you know one of the russo brothers being gay in endgame Mm. you know and it's these things that are like well now you're pandering and that's maybe a bit different to virtue signaling now it's like yeah it's 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 because i think the reason it's considered worse is because the studio is coming out and being like, yeah, uh, don't worry, gays. We put something in there for you. And and I it's was- when that's a background out of focus kiss. That's mm. like, come on. I, I think, you know, the Russos came out and were like, yeah, it felt important for us to play this character. But it's like, yeah, I mean, that was a nice little scene of mm. someone talking about dealing with something and the character happened to be gay and, it's like, yeah, that's fine. And, um, but it's, yeah, it's when you get stuff like Jack Whitehall and Jungle Cruise that it's like, yeah, that character can be gay, but the the way they like dance around it and all the stuff. Don't, they and don't then, say the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think like, so I'm currently in the, uh, thro- the post-production of one of my short films um, and the film, I'm I'm maybe going to give a little too much away, so skip if you don't want to spoil me to spoil my own short film for you. But like, the film is about like an actress auditioning for like a strong female lead, right? And the the approach to writing these these fictional scripts was not let's write a character that that is like this sexist character that a that woman that actresses always find themselves auditioning for let's instead be like this is by male writers who think they're feminists Mm. trying to write that but they they are still falling into the same problems and we had these two american guys on set the other day who are playing these boardroom execs that comment on the audition um at the end of the film and their line they have like two lines each nothing yeah but they were while we were setting up they did what i told them was the most boring improv i've ever heard where they sort of just workshopped each other's characters by having like rich business exec conversations and it was so funny because Mm -hmm. it was just like yeah i knew a guy who got a ferrari got his and hers ferraris for him and his wife no no kidding month later drop dead 
You know, like it's just these like boring ass conversations. And one of the, I told them like I told one of them like you guys think you're feminists, but you're not, and that's the joke, right? Mm. It's not that it's not that you're you're sexist in the old way, you're sexist in the new way, right? Yeah. And one of the things that they said that that really stuck with me, and, and I was like, damn, these guys really get the character. Is one of them was like, oh, but we're feminists, you know, we we want this. This is just them bantering. And then the other one goes, yeah, well, there's money in it. And I was like, holy shit, that's the whole thesis of the film. That's yeah. the whole thesis of this conversation is that there is money in being progressive. Yeah. You know? But there's also risk in it and turning off non-progressive folks. So you've got to do it in this way that strikes a middle ground and that middle ground pisses off both sides. Mm. You know? Because you're doing it for money and not for genuine good reasons good reasons is there an example you can think of recently where it's like i'm trying i'm trying i don't know how to work but it's like where it it is clearly like a monetary so like talking about from a disney or a marvel or a star wars that kind of thing Mm -hmm. that has actually been well implemented i think i think you look at the fucking animated areas of disney that i'm fine with a lot of that feminism because it's Mm. like first of all it's aimed like a big part of their demographic is like young girls but something like moana or frozen i think have positive feminist messages Mm. yeah there was also the the muppets muppet babies episode where gonzo came out as (laughs) non-binary yeah yeah and like that's gonzo's non-binary like identity kind of existed before the term non-binary so Mm. i think it was like making ends meet basically i don't Mm. know i don't know too much about it but i think um there are plenty of examples of people doing it doing it right and as i say even examples within disney and other conglomerates which i don't really have an issue with Mm. um but yeah yeah i used to think big tent poles i used to think the ends meet was like m-e-a-t and it was like Sort of like the offcuts of meat. The offcuts. And it's like, yeah, like, yeah, we're earning we're earning enough to make ends meet. And it's like the bare <laughs> we're, we're minimum to, to feed your scraps. family. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uncle Blister says to us, thought questions. One, there's been clerks and barbershop. What other, this is this is what this not often thought about job is like the movie. Would you like to see examined? Alternatively, what other films that are, are, that are like this would you suggest? 40-year-old virgin comes to mind as does Office Space, but not so much as an examination of culture surrounding them. Buddy, you watch any romantic comedy from the, yeah, yeah. like... 2000s to whenever they stop making romantic comedies everyone in those movies has like the most interesting job you've never heard of writing you know greeting cards many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Writing greeting cards. What is he in 51st Dates? He's like a, he works at an aquarium or a zoo, or like he's a zookeeper. Yeah, like the zookeeper the, with um, the zoo, we we bought a zoo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Madagascar. Lots of anyway. Ma- to answer your question, there's a lot a of um, <laughs> a lot of zoo movies for you. 
Now the yeah, I mean, it, like it's something you see a lot more in TV, I guess, but they probably don't go as like specific. But you know, like things like Parks and Rec and The Office, like you mm. know, literally the term workplace comedy um, applies to it. But yeah, other movie, what other jobs would you like to see? Podcasting. I mean, I guess we've got no, Alex I Inc. Do- I do not want to see that represented on film. It's nowhere near interesting enough to Dad, watch. your podcast you are, are special. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't like I always thought there needs to be a a TV show about let's players, like professional let's players. Oh yeah. Like and how a YouTube channel would be run. I'm surprised that hasn't been made yet. Especially yeah. since like YouTuber is now like a job that kids want just like firemen or whatever you know yeah that's like i i hate when people i can't remember if i've spoken about this on the podcast before but like when people are like aspirations we live in a dystopia did you know that like kids want to be youtubers now and it's like that is slightly less insane than wanting to be an actor or a rock star when we were kids you know like Mm, yeah it's it's more achievable technically like Hmm. but the yeah it's not a it's not a sign of it being a dystopia it's like yeah kids have always wanted easy jobs that get them fame and lots Hmm. of money Hmm. there's just a a new one yeah yeah angle blister goes on what gimmick do you think hollywood will attach onto now that superhero movies might start fading out honestly we talked about this honestly Hmm. It could be auteur film again. Like mm. of all of all the people waiting to have the day in the sun, like no one's really complaining about like the the you know, auteur mm. film at the moment. Like everyone's pretty happy with it. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a resurgence in thoughtful and crafted independent projects now because it's like the polar opposite of superhero movies yeah which can be blockbusters you know like well exactly oppenheimer and barbie although like if uh, more cynically we it's been a year of a few good uh or like well-received uh video game adaptations but has the curse been broken richard has the video game movie curse been broken whether or not the like critical curse has been broken they're certainly making Making bank money I, I do, yeah. In terms of critical response, I do wonder, like, 10 years ago, I was saying, like, oh, once once they figure it out, that's going to be the next mm. big thing. But now I'm like, oh, they've taken a while to figure this yeah. out. <laughs> but it's like, because be we have also, thing. we've seen, like, a kids animated movie that is one of the highest grossing films of the year in Super Mario Bros. And, you know, that would, that was a real, like, fans love it, critics hate it kind of thing and then you have five nights at freddy's which is like a look how rabbit like you know tapping into this like rabid fan base mm. and yeah like people saying oh there actually is this like really passionate fan base and if we just make a movie that honors that we can we can make a lot of money but then also the third one it wasn't a movie but the last of us is that well, like you say, actually yeah. can take stories told for consoles or for like you know for computer for games and make them into high art so it's like we kind of have seen three really important different adaptations that hollywood can go wow i mean like if we just fucking tap into these stories we've been tapping into comic books for so long we can do whatever we want and but the thing with the last of us as well is like that is like the future of video game adaptations is television then right Mm. and it's long form yeah 
Yeah, and you can be, you know, you can be like, oh, The Last of Us finally is the is the best video game adaptation ever. And it's like, right, well, this wording has changed from best movie video game movie to best video game adaptation. Mm. And I've got, you know, if every video game gets made into a good TV show now, that's fine, whatever. But I am saying, like, the movie is still needed to be cracked, I think. The 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 mm. because people and, and it's if if the conversation is, well, AJ, what would you rather watch? A Last of Us TV show? show or a last of us movie yeah, totally the tv head. show totally the tv show Ob- obviously i'm wanting that but what i'm saying is like if the question is how do you adapt a video game to a movie i would argue that still hasn't been worked out even if we have a billion good tv show adaptations yeah i don't know i haven't watched fnaf but it's apparently terrible it's not what the fans say Matt. i heard every fan i know has been like wow this sucked. Well, they obviously weren't fans then, so they didn't like it. Well, I think is what well that um what 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 video games would you like to see adapted? I don't care enough about video games to have an answer to that question. I shouldn't say I don't care about I don't play enough to probably yeah. have an answer to that question. I I reckon you could make a decent Half-Life movie. I think you could probably make a decent portal movie, like yeah. that area of the video game sphere. I mean, there was that Halo TV show as well, and that like on Paramount came and Plus, went. which is oh it's, my- it's, it's available for free on YouTube now. The whole series. Jesus Christ! Isn't that strange that like the Halo movie getting cancelled was, I reckon, for at least a week to a month, the biggest news in Hollywood. Like you know, yeah. Like well, I mean, it got us District Nine. Well. Yeah, exactly. Like such a big deal to have the Halo movie get cancelled, and then like. A decade and a bit later, yeah. it comes out with a with a whimper. TV show. No one gives a shit about. Yeah, no one gives a shit. And that's strange. So I would weird. like to it's see. Like a, it's a reverse Mandela effect situation. Yeah, where it's like this absolutely should have been the biggest deal in the world, and no one watched it. I don't know a single person yeah. who watched it. I think I've seen four frames from the show. Mm. I I would like. I was when I was play replayed this game recently, but I would like to see a good edit like it would have to be a very smart adaptation of far cry 3 which is like that you have this game about like this privileged white kid frat boy whose friends get kidnapped and then he essentially like becomes one or like um like culturally appropriates all of the island like warrior stuff and becomes like a a proper warrior um Mm -hmm. Or the Rakiat, I think they call them, and then ends up like saving his friends. But then, like, yeah, just imagining this thing of like that by the time coming to his friends, and it's just like, who the fuck are you, dude? Like, what have you done? That, yeah, like it would need to have a lot more consequences in the show or movie mm. than it does in the game. But it's also like, I think that Far Cry 3 is the only one with like a really interesting story that you could do something with. But it's also like, you would have to have native voices telling this story and like it needs yeah. to be a story about you realize oh shit we've we're what we've been watching the villain origin story of the main character mm. not mm. it's not like oh fuck you cool let like, take over the island yeah yeah bliss also says thoughts on the monsters if you have any not really i don't I think i've ever seen it to be honest everyone i don't think richard or i ever really watched oh you did didn't you i never mm. really watched the adams family yeah I, I i i i'm not sure how much i watched the adams family but i definitely watched the monsters and 
remember quite enjoying it, but I also, I mean, it wasn't until you pointed out that like, I realized the the difference between the two, that it's like one are monsters and they act like a normal family and the other one, a, a normal, you know, mm. ostensibly human, but act like a creepy macabre family. There was a, another reverse Mandela effect, like, you know, thing I forgot existed is the Rob Zombie's Monsters movie that came out earlier this year on mm. Netflix. Uh- and and it, like the a production budget, budget like is $10. like oh, it looks it looks garbage. I haven't watched it, and by all accounts, it's it's horrific. And he well, like Rob's it's yeah. like a proper um passion project. Like you know, yeah, yeah. On this, I did watch Brian Fuller's Monsters pilot from about ten years ago because I was a oh, big yeah. Brian Fuller fan. Um, but yeah, I don't even I remember Jerry O'Connell is in it. Oh yeah, and that's all I remember. Um, Kangaroo Dan Jacks, from- Jerry O'Connell. Dan from Hawaii has three haikus for us to read. Do you want to read any of these? Says I only to only read one. And so okay, I'm going to say Gomez is best simp sub boy toy for Morticia. She deserves it all. And that's the one with the most likes as well. So I think it's only fair. Yeah. That's the one we look at. All right, Richard. Well, we're going to move on now to some um, voice messages. This first one is titled Snap Snap. Um, from Vincent Lara, our our uh, patron here. So we're going to play this and um, respond to it in a timely uh, fashion. <laughs> hey guys, Vinny here, here to talk about the, a game called The New Adams Family, released yes. on the Game Boy Color on November 19th, 2001. Developed by Seven Cent Studios, the story of the game is the Funny Day Company has bought the land from underneath the Adams Family house and is evicting the family in order to build an amusement park. Gomez yells at the man to say that his family has owned this land for generations, that that they hold the deed to the land in perpetuity. The bank man says, well, cough up that document or else you are out. So the game is you playing as either Pugsley or Wednesday in search of that deed. The gameplay is that you walk around with the d-pad and hit A and B for confirm or back out. You walk around the mansion and solve various puzzles by means of looking for items. It's you explore the mansion and find something someone needs. So Wednesday needs something to lubricate her guillotine because the blade got stuck or Gomez needs a new cigar. It's various means for you to walk around the mansion and interact with everyone that lives there or on the grounds. It's pretty big in scope. You walk around the mansion, you walk around the accompanying woods, and you walk around the family cemetery. Um, it took me about an hour and a half to beat with a guide, of course, because I'm not going to mess around with a licensed game from 2001. But I say it's a pretty okay game, especially for the Game Boy Color at the time. There is some really good writing at points where, because you're dealing with Gomez needing a new cigar, and then he has like this existential crisis about letting his young child handle a cigar, and that he made him promise not to smoke it and then Pugsley's like oh no I'm not gonna smoke it I'm just gonna light the neighbor's house on fire and Gomez is like ah attaboy <laughs> in terms of what happened to this seventh sense gaming studio the only thing I could find after this was a Game Boy Color game about fishing and a 2010 PC game about cocktail mixing and if you look up seventh sense studio uh, website it now leads to a um an architecture studio of the same name so did they deserve what they got? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Thank you I, once I have again. To say, I'm paid into Vinny. 
Yeah, I love his, I love that homework. Vinny's basically like soft launching his own like YouTube series on our mm. meeting of like this this would be a great YouTube channel, you know. Mm. Um, although I will say I don't know if you had a that as interesting of a time with this one video as you have with some of the previous licensed games you've yeah played for uh, us. Vincent. This sounded very much like you were fulfilling an going through the motions. Yeah, <laughs> Vincent did say he got through like a couple of minutes of Fester's quest and gave up. Mm. I, I think it, that was more due to like the emulator or something like that. But Right. Well, maybe that's where the content is though, you know? Yeah, You've maybe. You've got to bleed for your content. We've got <laughs> another message from Vinny that I'm quite scared to actually put on. He's called it the Ballad of Throats and Goats. Um, do we need to... He, surely he's going to explain the, the needed content. You'd contents. hope so, yeah. All right, here we go. Hey guys, it's Vinny here doing his fucking job again. (laughs) So, a couple episodes ago, the challenge was thrown to me to reveal to Throat Goat that I refer to them as the Throat Goat. Well, I do not take challenges lightly, so I took a chance and seeing if someone still has the same phone number they've had for years, and I texted them. And luckily, it's the same person. (laughs) And after chit-chatting for a little bit and catching up, I let them know how, you know, if they're ever in town around november 17th if they would want to see the ballad of songbirds and snakes together and they were very down for it surprisingly and i wish i could tell you the rest of the stories that we got together we saw the movie and history repeats itself unfortunately a couple days before the 17th i got a call from them they were very apologetic saying how they couldn't make it how the plan was they were going to meet up with family that was still living in town and then also then hang out with me to see the movie well some family business came up and they just didn't want to see their family which i was very understandable then we just kind of kept talking on the phone and catching up about you know what we've been up to they were very happy for me that i had a brief job uh, playtesting video games and they've been doing various art projects and they moved up north like a couple hours north they confided in me that since knowing them how they've come out as non-binary and i got to know that person that was so freely you know unapologetically expressing themselves now and just how the confidence in their voice was just so palpable and it was very nice to have like a long conversation on the phone you know you don't really get those these days of just really connecting with someone on a phone call and that lasts geez let me check it was just over an hour of just getting to know this person who i knew back then but was really truly themselves at this point i'm very happy to know them now and all that i do truly hope that we get to meet up so i haven't confided in them that they are the throat goat i very much want to do that in person so this will be an ongoing job of mine to try and connect and be there in person when i reveal to them the throat goatiness of their head i did get to see the movie about a songbird and snakes with one of my best friends and it was pretty good not gonna lie afterward wasn't a special but man them's the breaks staggeringly didn't explain the context so for those who don't remember on our uh hunger games meeting of the elders retrospective uh vinnie revealed that he got the best blowjob of his life after watching which one was it mockingjay part two look i've got so many thoughts on this and i can't believe i have to broadcast them un like live essentially i don't have time (laughs) to think about this one is like 
This sounds, I'm sorry to embarrass you, Vinny, this sounds like the start of, like, a wonderful love story. Yeah. Like, the way you're describing this person makes it seem like there's maybe something could reignite there, but then at the same time, you haven't told them that they're on a, that you've talked about them on a podcast twice now, where you've (laughs) referred to them as the throat goat, and this just goes out. People just listen to this, right? And Mm. you say you're going to tell them, but you don't know they're going to be okay with it. And even if though it's anonymous, what if this person does become special in your life again, Vinny? That means that if this if this love story comes to fruition, people are going to know. People are going to know that they're the throat coat that you talked about <laughs> on the Cult Popsham Meeting of the Elders Hunger Games retrospective. And I don't know how I feel about this. I think you should tell this person as soon as possible. <laughs> I think you should tell them before you have sentimental hour-long phone calls with them. You know? Or that's when you tell them. This that's feels really like... Funny. You know what this feels like? This feels like Vinny's... Um, foil in his plan at the start of like a a um 10 things no uh how to lose a guy in 10 days kind of situation falling in love wasn't part of the plan they are going to find out that the reason you got back in contact with them is because you told a blowjob story and we dared you to and it's going to be a big yeah. argument just like in the movies yeah I'm so sorry Vinny. i i know You're you the feel protagonist. great right now Vinny, <laughs> uh but you are hurtling towards the end of act two where they find out. <laughs> and a lot of times in real life, there is no Act 3, you mm. know? I don't know, man. I'd say Keep be updated. careful. And if you'd like us to just remove the episode, maybe that's a conversation we can have. <laughs> I want to have Throat Goat's explicit permission to leave these episodes. I want to get them on the podcast. <laughs> God. Get them on together. Let, let's... Next elders, we'll get Vinny and this person on, and uh, maybe Vinny, you can you can tell them live on the podcast. Mm. We'll facilitate Great. that for you. Wow, wow, what a a safe environment to be told <laughs> that you have been um, the subject of a ongoing podcast storyline. We've got one more voice message here. This is from Dan from Hawaii. Let's presumably less explicit. Let's check it out. Well, we don't know. Aloha also means hello. This is Dan from Hawaii calling in from Honolulu here to share my thoughts as always. Happy to say that I really enjoyed the last two episodes. Adam's family and superhero fatigue quiz. Fantastic. Keep up the great work. For Adam's Family, I posted my three haiku reviews of Adam's Family Values in the Discord chat, a Discord that everyone listening should join. Feel free to read the one you like the most. Or, I don't know, roast me. Your show. Your rules. (laughs) Moving on to superhero fatigue. I think the biggest contributing factor for MCU feeling, you know, just like, "Uh, really? Is all the TV shows. I mean, Disney with both Star Wars and Marvel is pushing out all these TV shows that at this point, in order to feel caught up, it's so much more of an investment. And it's not exactly clear as much what you need to watch to catch up, right? Because in order to see the Marvels, you think, oh, just watch Captain Marvel, maybe Endgame. No, you got Miss Marvel. You got, I don't know, maybe Secret Invasion is important. You don't know. And it's just so much to catch up on. 
And I, the director said you didn't need to watch those things to feel caught up, but I went to see it without seeing Miss Marvel, and I was a little bit like, oh, wait, wait a second. So I think that's the biggest constraining factor. But I want to push back on something. You said that Chabak Bozeman dying was a major part of the MCU. I think, I think it really only affected Black Panther 2, right? And I personally don't mind it when an off-screen death happens, whether because the actor died or story choice. And um, I want to say I'm sorry to AJ because I'm an asshole about Mamiya too. But is there a time where you feel like off-screen deaths work? Like where you prefer it? Anyway, aloha doesn't mean sorry, but it does mean also mean goodbye. Okay, it was retroactively changed, but we thought it was canon for a decade. Um, Bo Peep's death in Toy Story, or supposed death in Toy Story 3, <laughs> I thought that was great, right? Like, so you find out that that some of the toys aren't with us anymore, including Bo Peep. We find out in Toy Story 4 that she is alive. But, you know, until then... Did you always we interpret that as she died? Yeah, they're like, some of us, some people aren't with us anymore, like Wheezy or Bo Peep. And he's like, yeah, yeah, like Bo Peep. I just assumed and- that it was like, oh, she got sold or something. Well, and that is what happened. But so written out, anyway, yeah, I think right. is more the... And she was written out because the writers didn't think she would survive the furnace situation at the end, which is rather ghoulish to think about, <laughs> practically. Like, mm. they all survive except for Bobby. <laughs> shatters from the pressure. Um, so, like, I guess it's it's difficult because Dan is referring to a conversation we had on the Discord um, and sort of a long, like this, this curse I have where one day I said, I didn't like Mamma Mia 2, a movie I very rarely think about mm. and other people think about a lot. So they always bring it up to me. And the, the fact that like Meryl Streep's character is dead in that movie. And it's not because Meryl Streep didn't want to return. She, she is in it for mm. a brief scene at the end. It's because, they thought that was the best decision and i just think it's too fucking glum for mamma mia as a story it's not this just that the character died it's that all her friends are still alive the the three potential fathers from the first film they're all fine her mother played by Cher, shows up Mm. she's fine and i just think it's real depressing to take a character who also half of mamma mia 2 is about a younger version of her as well yeah I don't know. It's just kind of depressing to me. I, I also think, and like, you and I have spoken it's about It's totally this. a taste thing as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. not, you know. Well, and also the other big thing you say is that it's like, if Meryl Streep's willing to be in your movie, why don't you just have her be a main character? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the, man. The, like, because uh, there was uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom watching mm-hmm. that, that it's like a, a character being killed at the end when it's like this. And there's a few movies like this. That's just the only example I can think of where it's like, the stakes weren't life and death until now, until someone just died. Mm. But well, the, that's, the f- that's how I feel about Eight Simple Rules, a show, by the way, I didn't really watch anyway. But mm. it was just like to get an episode that that's like a harrowing like examination yeah, of I mean, a family who have lost it's their, not like their a, father. It's not like a Scrubs where they did. No, in Scrubs you have room for that. Yeah, because Absolutely. they deal with like a lot of yeah. heavier topics, and that's kind of one of the things that makes the show so great. But the then other, it's like the other one would a be... show that just never has any gravitas. Yeah, having yeah. 
you know, one of the saddest <laughs> half hours of television I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I think you could I never, again, I didn't really watch the show, but like Corey Monteith dying and Glee just being mm. like, I guess the character's dead now too. If I'm ever in charge of, of like a show or a movie and an actor dies, I reckon I would, depending on what the story is, mm. I would be like much less inclined to make the death canonical and I'd probably look for other ways around it because because ultimately like Paul Walker and um Furious 7 Fate of the Furious sure seven, yeah yeah seven. yeah 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 because ultimately like I guess and, and someone dying is always very sad so if we can excuse that part for this well I don't, this I, part, I don't know that that's true that's true Henry Kissinger, Henry Kissinger. <laughs> <laughs> um, no what I'm what I more mean is like when um when it comes down to like, okay, how do we deal with this real life person dying in this movie that doesn't matter to the grand scheme of life? This person's you know? life, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think if you can kind of look at it, it's, it's the same as any other problem. It's the same as um, a show getting cancelled before its like story was completed, mm. I think. And I just think like, I look at something like Glee, I look at something like Eight Simple Rules, and it's just like, this show was never meant to deal with something like this. It wasn't built to be able to to have a mature um, conversation about this that fits within the bounds of its tone, mm. I think. And despite Black Panther being like an action movie, I do kind of feel like if you didn't know he died, right, and you were just watching these movies, it's like, God, they made a massive deal out of him coming back in Endgame. Like, mm-hmm. like there's so much, so much of, of Black Panther 1 and Endgame are so, like, angled toward uh, the future of T'Challa, I feel, yeah. that it's very clear that the character was not supposed to die. And all yeah. I'm saying is that it puts a blemish on the story and it's a blemish that's unfortunately in in cases where the actors died it's unavoidable and you do what you can and and so in terms of if i got given the keys and said you fix it i don't know if i'd know what to do yeah there's but also like what dan said about how oh it's only really affected black panther 2 i think that we've just we've heard stories about like oh you know black panther was supposed to be the new tony stark where it's like for the first for the infinity saga that it's like he was kind of the overarching character and even though he wasn't in every film it's like his films were kind of the most important and all that stuff but like you know that that's all rumors at this point but i do think that having an iron man type character that's you know feels like the main character of the saga is being diluted a bit as well because there is so much of the tv and stuff but speaking of like real life um tragedies and shit there's one really i always think about that's really interesting i think it was married with children where uh katie seagal was pregnant in real life and so and her character was pregnant alongside her and then in real life she had a miscarriage and so they did the writers made it so that that whole season where she was pregnant was a dream they they wrote it off and just said like and because it's like and, and and it is like a really nice thing to do for the actress because the the alternatives were like one that okay well you've had this real life miscarriage now come into work and you know we'll pretend make this to pretend to have a miscarriage and we'll make this like really dark like plot 
point in this episode of reads notes married with children yeah (laughs) or you force this actress who's just had a miscarriage to have to come into work every day and pretend to have a newborn Mm. child and so you know even even though it was all a dream is like the it's shorthand for a cop-out ending it is like a pretty amazing like nice thing they did for the actress but it's such a fascinating way of getting around that and I mean, really, you know, like, just as a favor to the actress. But, Mm. yeah, it's interesting. Off-screen deaths. Yeah, I mean, I think off-screen deaths as a whole aren't necessarily bad. But there's just Princess Leia dying and um, after Last Jedi was finished is, like, another classic example of where people are like, oh, she should have just died at the start of the film when there's a bit where you think she's died and it's like they didn't know the actress was going to die in a year like i also think it would make the story worse if leia died then yeah as well but then yeah anyway, it, it is with then she just like has a very unceremonious death in the in the next film but it's see that's the one that should have opened with her funeral mm, should have been know? off screen yeah should have been off screen all right, everyone, that is Meeting of the Elders. Meeting adjourned for the month of November, start of December. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you enjoyed us reading your thoughts. Stay tuned for the post credit scene coming at you after this music ends. Um, and if you liked this, please get on the Patreon, get on the Discord, get on Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place. Come and support us. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. <laughs> welcome along to the post credit scene there's a segment at the end of each episode where if you donate five dollars or more over at patreon.com slash you get to give us something to talk about and this the post credit scene richard who's it from and what is it uh, michael prefontaine asks what amusement park do you wish existed so does this like we have to take one from fiction and make it real or can we do mm. I, I really think we can just make up an amusement park okay um a bible themed amusement park this, this is a simpsons episode but a bible themed amusement parks where the rides aren't they don't pussyfoot around like the rides are these harrowing representations of like the crate like you can get on noah's ark ride and they just flood the whole theme park (laughs) except for you and your partner yeah yeah (laughs) it's like you and you can go on like the single rider line and you just get paired with some random mm, mm, mm. or um an actual lion's den that you Mm. have to pray to get out of you know um what about uh, you can go to Sodom and Gomorrah and just have your city be exploded. <laughs> nice. I'm sure that's a great Bible reference. Mm, thank you. Can you beat Goliath. Mm. And it's actually just a pub quiz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, a lot what of about the- a cult popsha theme park? Oh, yeah. What would the rides be? Um, Die Alone, where you just- Die Alone experience something that's very awkward for everyone involved mm. and live to deal with the consequences for you get the rest put of in situations life. where you're morally right but still a bit of a dick <laughs> yeah i i i like it's because the this the two like ips that most uh suit a theme park being like would be star wars and marvel and you know they're both at disneyland 
and i think if you go to to disneyland or disney world or whatever that it's like the marvel if the, the california adventure it's like the marvel stuff is so undercooked like there's this giant building that like feels like it should have something inside it and there's just nothing yet I don't know if they're building something or what's happening, but it's been open for like three or four years now and you still can't go inside like the Avengers compound. And it's like, what are you hiding in there? Still falling apart. Superhero fatigue. Yeah, what about exactly. a superhero fatigue ride? Where yeah, you just yeah. get lambasted with like... No, it's, it's like <laughs> every a Every Marvel co- movie plays at once. <laughs> yeah, it's like a roller coaster, but it's like an hour it's long. It's too many. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. Like there are... There are 100 loops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the euthanasia coaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's there, but it's Marvel themed. So, yeah. I don't, is there any, I don't know. Is there any, like, any other IPs? i the time going over. Yeah. Um, I don't, do you just want to cut there? I'm worried about the time. Yeah, okay. So we'll... or, or do you... Sorry. Are you all good? I'll end on it's the euthanasia coaster, but it's Marvel themed. Yeah, that's good. Uh, elders is rich Hello. Um, do you reckon you'd be able to record uh, Akira tomorrow? Record it tomorrow. Yeah. Potentially in like the evening, maybe. Yes. All right, I have to go. You have to go. Oh, yeah. I'll 